Welcome to episode number 12 of Crossroads of Destiny and Avatar The Last Airbender Universe podcast. Right now we're talking about every episode of Nickelodeon's Avatar The Last Airbender, one episode at a time. I'm Chad Hopkins and I'm joined by my co-hosts Andrew and Melanie Grant. How are you two doing tonight? Hanging in there. We are. <laughs> yeah, we're getting close to your oldest birthday, which is exciting. Yes. Yeah, how old is he going to be? He's going to be two, two, and this mommy is going to hold it together. She's handling it very well. Clearly. <laughs> we just enrolled him in a little school starting in September, so uh-huh. my, my baby's going to go to school, although Drew thinks it's daycare. daycare. It's not daycare. Okay, sure. <laughs> well, we're all very excited. He's got his birthday coming up and a birthday party and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. We did have a listener interaction that I wanted to talk about for just a moment, We had follow-up on our discussion about the potential of an Avatar theme park. Remember that from several episodes ago? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sean on Twitter reached out a few days ago and sent us a picture of a ride at the Nickelodeon Universe at Mall of America in Minnesota. Mm. Uh, It's called the Avatar Airbender. So there is a ride that exists, at least one. I I didn't actually look to see if there were more than one. I'll leave that to him, I suppose, if he wants to correct us again. (laughs) But looking at the ride, I did look up footage on YouTube. It's like a half pipe kind of ride. Uh You're on a surfboard shaped object and one side is themed after fire and one is sort of themed after air. And on each side, there's a spinning pedestal kind of thing where there are eight seats attached facing oh, outwards yeah, and gotcha. so you're going it's sort of like the conquistador at our six flags over texas except gotcha. it's on a rail and it's not a ship and it's avatar themed mm-hmm. and so what was his name again that was from sean sean thank you sean thank you sean for having us need to do research before we make comments <laughs> on things well i think our discussion still stands because we were talking more along the lines of a themed kind of area like harry potter or like the avatar uh, the, the the james cameron avatar, avatar yeah, world like, that that was disney because <laughs> that exists but yes there, it is cool to know that there is at least one attraction out there so um i've never been to the mall of america i, I don't even know if i've been to minnesota to be honest no. but uh can't, maybe can't i have to add have. it to the list yeah so thanks for reaching out bud yeah And we'd love to hear from everybody on social media, of course. Uh, We'll share all that information later. But we are going to jump into an episode that I I, I am proud to say finally surprised Melanie with something. (laughs) Absolutely it did. (laughs) So we'll get to that. This is book one, chapter 13. It is titled The Blue Spirit. It was directed by Dave Filoni, who uh, we've talked about before. He's like the Star Wars bigwig right now. Not like Kathleen Kennedy bigwig, but he was the one who did a lot of the Mandalorian kind of stuff along with John Favreau and then obviously the Clone Wars animated TV show. And I think it's really fitting to know that he was behind this episode. And it was written by the creators of the show, Michael, Dante DiMartino, and Brian Konitzko. So that leads some credence to the the fact that this was a big episode and something really major happened. It aired on June 17th of 2005 and was animated by DR Movie. Our summary for this episode, Sokka and Katara have taken ill, so Aang leaves them in search of a cure for their sickness. Zuko is angry over his lack of resources when Commander Zhao is promoted to Admiral, hiring an elite squad of marksmen to assist him in his capture of the Avatar. So are there any sort of surface level things we wanted to point out right at the beginning before we dive into the the big events of this episode? Always great Momo footage. Yeah, lots of great Momo stuff in this I episode. I love Danny literally brought everything <laughs> but what they needed. Yeah, and I love the moment where you get to sort of step into Momo's uh, fur, I suppose, <laughs> and how he views Katara talking to him. It's really great. She's super confident that he yeah, understands she's just her. Like, no, you got this. We need water. Water, <laughs> water, please. And then later she's wearing a crown and Sokka's 
because as all what, what was that you said, Your Majesty? <laughs> so yeah, all of that was really funny. Yeah, uh, we had some good one-liners and stuff from both Katara and Sokka as they were sort of delirious under the the uh, influence yeah. of their disease or whatever they had. I, I can't think if there's anything else just this, that that's just funny necessarily. There's the apothecary lady oh, yeah. who I has. Got a, yeah. I got brave vibes. So you're completely insane, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, really, this is a fairly serious episode. And I thought it was interesting just starting off at the beginning. We don't begin the episode with Aang and Katara and Sokka. Mm-hmm. We begin at the camp where we see the Yuyan archers mm-hmm. for the first time. And I mean, we, we don't know at first what it's for, but I mean, it can't be anything good. You, nope. you see them practicing their archery and they literally pull the, is it the, it's the Robin Hood where they, they shoot it, the a target with the arrow yeah. and then they shoot it straight down the middle two more times mm-hmm. uh, and come to find out Zhao, our, our good old buddy Zhao mm-hmm. is back. And not only is he there and he's officially on the hunt for the avatar, right. he's promoted to admiral he's no longer <laughs> mid-conversation yeah even. yeah he says my request <laughs> is now in order and Uh-oh. so he is taking these this team of archers who are obviously very very talented to capture ang and zuko is definitely not happy about it Mm-mm. i was i mean yes <laughs> like, <laughs> i don't know what you want to say to that but yeah. <laughs> it's funny when when Uncle Iroh hears about Zhao's promotion. He says, oh, he must have gotten promoted. Good for him. (laughs) It's like, you have no... I mean, he does, but he just doesn't care. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess he does have a history with Zhao further back than the conflicts he's he's had while traveling with Zuko. So they've served together in some capacity, I'm sure. So good good on his old war buddy for getting a promotion, I suppose. (laughs) But we, we definitely haven't seen any real reason for Iroh to be happy for Zhao, based on no. what we've seen in their interactions so far. And I admire Iroh for that, you know, it's because just, yeah. the last time they really came in contact with each other was the Agni Kai, I suppose. I, I can't think if we really saw, have seen Zhao since then, aside from the flashback in the last episode. What Agni Kai? The Agni Kai between Zhao and Zuko. Like the second episode? It was like the first time we met Zhao. When he challenged him again? And Iroh stepped in? Oh, and he just stopped it. Yeah, well, Zuko won, and Zuko turned around, and Zhao was going to strike him down. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah,
uncultured no. swine. Thank you, Chad. No, I, I, to be fair, I own Seven Samurai. I haven't watched it yet. I have seen A Bug's Life, so... Re- it, I own it. <laughs> Anyways. Um, he has so much to cut out, Andrew. All right. Okay. You um, can't keep all that. It's gold. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the, the day that Zhao is promoted and he goes and hires these archers, not hire, enlists these archers to search for Aang with him, he captures Aang. Like, the day it happens. That yeah. is so rude. That was I so mean, rude. It does kind of point a lot of things of, like, what the Fire Nation's actually capable of when they want to do something. Mm-hmm. Like, now that they know the Avatar's there, they're like, oh, we actually have a target. Let's devote all of these resources to make sure that we can capture the Avatar. Mm-hmm. And boom, it's done. Mm-hmm. It's kind of amazing. Like, I mean, you see that in everyday life, too. It's like, oh, we've been working on this for five years. But then when things really get, like funded or supported or anything like that magically things happen right flip-flopping back to what is happening with ang before he is captured Sokka and katara are sick we already talked about that and he sets off on his own to go find a cure or medicine or something mm-hmm. to to ease their discomfort and ease their insanity yep. i suppose mm-hmm. and he is captured pretty fast after he finds out what he needs which are the the frozen wood tree frogs mm-hmm. or whatever I mean, he's hopeless. He, he, he is captured. He has no chance of getting out on his own until mm-hmm. a blue spirit shows up. Mm-hmm. And I do want to backtrack just for a second in terms of Aang's capture. Uh-huh. I don't think he was trying that hard. To, to not be captured? Well, I mean, I, I don't think he was trying to be captured, but he was, you saw that he was running and actively collecting frozen frogs at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like he's running through the river, gathering as many frogs as he possibly can while people are shooting at him. Mm-hmm. Like, so I think that if he was less, I won't say distracted because that was the point of him leaving in the first place. If he was less distracted in terms of like trying to do both things, not get captured and get frogs, that would have been two separate things. And he never actually attacked his attacker. He only deflects what they shoot at him. Mm -hmm. And so it was just like, I kind of felt like he wasn't really trying to stop their advance as much as he was just trying to get away. And then since they were far more apt at tracking him and, you know, trying to shoot him down, Mm -hmm. this particular team was different than anything that he had ever faced before. So he didn't know that he could just, he couldn't just run away. He had to handle them or he was going to be captured. So I just, I'm not saying that I don't think he was trying. I just don't think that he was prepared for what they were bringing to the table. And he was still trying to get the frogs for Katara and Soka. Mm-hmm. Sokka. Oh my God, I just did the M. Night Shyamalan pronunciation. <laughs> I think it speaks to two things. One, his naivety. Because mm-hmm. he, he first gets his... Yeah, that, exactly, <laughs> that, that moment where he, he's shot into the ground. And he, he says, oh, did, did, did you guys drop these? Here you go. <laughs> No, but then two, they shot at you. <laughs> it's not like these are firebenders going after him. Maybe he didn't know the magnitude of what capture from these people. Oh meant. yeah, good point. He didn't know that these guys. I, I mean, I guess they're kind of wearing Fire Nation garb a little bit, but right. they're not outright firebending at him. There's no clear indicator that they're part of the Fire Nation army, and this is going to lead to his capture and uh, torture. Right. Who knows? Well, yeah, I mean, that's what, in as many words, that's what Admiral Zhao said. Yeah, yeah. So, Blue Spirit shows up. Right. 
And Melanie, what were your initial thoughts on seeing the blue spirit? We saw him in actual some some glimpses leading mm-hmm. up to that point where he'd be like over listening to Zhao's conversation and then he's sneaking through the camps. In the shadows. Yeah. <laughs> How long did it take me to realize that I was wrong about all of my predictions from last episode? I think it was two minutes. Yeah. We were, yeah. we, we had gotten out of the intro yeah. and then we saw the blue spirit and you were like, I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. That's not an actual spirit. Yeah. So no spirit, uh, no spirit world. Again, it's even, the fine line of yeah. literal or, or not. Yeah. But did you have any other thoughts about him? Like just before we even saw what he did or what he was capable of? I didn't know what his, I mean, I figured he was just a spy mm-hmm. once we started figuring out that he was a little bit more to do with the episode than just being there. He had a purpose, obviously. I realized I was trying to figure out, like, this is what I always do, and not just in the show, but like anything I watch, try to figure out who they could possibly be based on clues of their physique or their surroundings or so the entire time I was like who could he be that we know mm-hmm. and at first I told Chad I was like is this Iroh is this Uncle Iroh and then I looked at his body again I was like he's not Shorten's body <laughs> <laughs> so it's definitely not him a little off. yeah and I was like that and he he is moving not to not to say that Iroh can't yeah. I mean, he's obviously shown us that he can, but they just didn't match. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, no, it was it was kind of cool to see all of his moves that he was doing. At one point, I thought whenever he was rescuing Aang from him being captured, that I thought he, he did water bending for a second. And mm-hmm. I got really, really excited. I was like, oh, someone from the water tribe is coming. And mm-hmm. y'all, of course, did really well of like ignoring me completely. Poker <laughs> face the entire time. The entire time. But then, then, yeah, I I was a little surprised that it didn't dawn on you, maybe because we didn't see firebending from him. Yeah, that it was Zuko. (laughs) And I like how it just showed the side of his face where the the scar was before we actually revealed who it was. (laughs) And you're like, (gasps) (laughs) and Andrew and I are facing on opposite sides of her. We both turned to look and see. And I I was very happy because it didn't actually occur to you before that moment or if it did you didn't say out loud i no, it did not occur to me this is uh don't want to brag or anything it was just like one of the rare times where i really didn't figure it out beforehand Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that's good well i mean that that's a lot to unpack i mean right there is that zuko breaks into this fire nation camp and rescues ang and escapes together and i mean why well i think it's because at first, he wanted to do it just to piss off Agmaro's out, mm-hmm. right? He just really wants to make sure he doesn't succeed in the one task that he's meant to bring back his honor. Mm-hmm. But then I think towards the end of it, he really wanted to be his friend. Like, I I think so. I think he realized, like, he's very lonely. I think he realized he doesn't have very much. I mean, he could have taken him again. He could have taken him to get his honor back, but... He didn't do that because I think he felt some kind of um, repentant, not repentance. He felt like almost like he owed Aang after him saving his life, right? And towards the end, am I seeing that wrong? Well, I mean, there was the moment at the the end where Zuko is still kind of knocked out and he's just woken up and Aang saying, he's telling him this story of how when I was a kid, mm-hmm. I had this friend named Kuzan and we get into and out of all sorts of trouble together. And he was one of my best friends and he was part of the Fire Nation. 
do you think that we would have been friends back then? Do you think that would have been a possibility? And Zuko's response at that moment, at least, is to punch fire at him because... Because <laughs> Zuko. Because Zuko. Right. So I, I don't... I mean, I don't want to just, like, shoot down what you're saying. Well, I think he's melting him. I think maybe, he is. Maybe. Maybe. I think you're right that the obvious immediate answer for Zuko rescuing Aang from this place is, I can't get my honor back if I'm not the one who turns in the Avatar. There's that moment before we see the blue spirit in the first place where he's on the ship uh, and he's complaining to his uncle. He's shooting fire everywhere. And Uncle, uncle Iroh is like, uh, you haven't given your men an order in an hour. <laughs> what's, what's wrong? <laughs> and Zuko just says, this, is, this was my chance and it's gone because mm-hmm. Zhao has the resources and I don't. Yeah. I will say, so again, not to completely shoot down everything you just said. Whatever, you're doing it anyway. No, because you are right. From Zuko episode one to Zuko in the blue spirit, there is less of that intensity of not only do I need to capture you, I kind of want you dead. Like, I will bring you back no matter what. There's growth. And so the fact that there was so much interaction between Aang and Zuko, and well, granted, they both needed to escape. So there was obviously some kind of forced camaraderie there. Like, they had to do their little... They, walkie thing okay they worked so well together yeah, right mm-hmm. so they worked really well together in this kind of forced scenario and they were able to escape something that is believed to be inescapable a, a very highly defended fire nation prison and they both get away zugo's knocked out and Ang could have left him there so Ang, being the hero definitely takes him but then again None of this would have happened if Zuko hadn't gone in and risked his life because he wasn't marching in there as Zuko, prince of the Fire Nation. He wasn't marching in there as Zuko, the guy who was also looking for the Avatar. He was some kind of entity. He was the the blue spirit. He was not coming in and having a legitimate conversation like, hey kind of been looking for the Avatar for a long time. Can I can I have him back? Like that's rude. Like I've been I've been doing this. Like, y'all knew here, like, this is mine. He didn't do any of that. He went in, broke in, fought a whole bunch of Fire Nation guards off to technically free the Avatar. And what I want to point out is that I think it's becoming more important at this point for Zuko to capture the Avatar than it is for him to become part of the Fire Nation. And I know that those sound like the same thing, but hear me out. I think it's more important for him to finish this task because he's been fixated on it for so long. He needs to complete something himself. He needs to prove himself as being a capable person, mm-hmm. not necessarily for the benefit of him becoming part of the Fire Nation again, because there was something really subtle at the end of the episode when Zuko goes back and he is back on his ship and goes, I'm going to be asleep. Don't bother me. And Iroh plays music anyway because he's Iroh. <laughs> Zuko lays down, stares at the Fire Nation flag, and then literally rolls over and turns his back to it. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I think that's something. Because I don't think it's for the Fire Nation anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, I also think that he's feeling pretty betrayed because it's something we already talked about today is that he was sent on this mission a long time ago and was given nothing. Right. Here's your dinky little ship. I guess your uncle can go with you. Have a small crew. Right. And now, oh, the Avatar is actually out there. Mm. Our bad. Let's send some, let's send our best men. Right. 
And so there's that betrayal of... If there were resources, they should have gone to Zuko so he right. could finish the task and like let it, someone else come in with all the resources. Like Zhao's hunt was legitimized and Zuko was not. Right. So I think that that lends toward it. And there, there's a moment from the previous episode where Uncle Iroh was talking to the crew and giving them background on Zuko and why he is the way he is. And he says, the search for the Avatar gives Zuko hope. Or I think the exact phrasing is, and we, we talked about this, the Avatar, Avatar gives Zuko hope. Yeah. And that was included in the previously on Avatar clip at the beginning of this episode. So I, I think that's a big part of it too. And it's what Andrew was just talking about is the search and all that kind of stuff. So anyways, that's a lot about that. When Zuko and Aang get out, Zuko is knocked out by one of the archer's arrows, and that's when the reveal happens. And Aang is freaked out too. Aang is like, what, mm-hmm. what am I to think of this? How do I react to this? And he starts to run away on his own. But you see the immediate conflict. He got me out. I have to get him out. Mm-hmm. And so he does. And the next time we see both of them is when Zuko's waking up and he's talking about his friend Kuzan. So that says a lot about Aang too and how, how he thinks. They're going to be best friends. Yeah, so like he waited. I think it was important that to to show like not only did Aang get him out of the original situation, like from immediate danger, he then sat there and made sure that Zuko woke up mm-hmm. and was like talking to him while he was half conscious anyway, and was so, trying to make friends with him, right? And was just like maybe this could be us. Like I had Fire Nation friends. Like we didn't always fight all the time, so I'm really confused what's going on, but. Mm-hmm maybe we could be fireball. Like, you know, it just, it just kind of hurt your, hurt your heart a little bit to be like, Aang is, Aang is actively trying, you know, made sure that you were okay. And is like literally telling you that he doesn't have really any animosity toward the fire nation. Like, I don't know, everyone else does, Mm -hmm. but is still willing to go out, extend his hand and say, Hey, we don't have to fight. If mm-hmm. you don't want to. And then obviously Zuko has been so trained, brainwashed, <laughs> anything that he immediately is like, no, this has to happen. This is, this is, this is the way. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, that whole thing, there's a pin put in it at the end when right. Aang gets back to the cave and gives Sokka and Katara their frogs. And Sokka's <laughs> like, how was your adventure? Did you make any friends? And Aang just dejectedly says, no, I don't think I did. And he goes to sleep too. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else to really talk about? I have a couple like minor things about maybe Zhao. Mm. Yeah, I, I will want to say that there was definitely some like propaganda speak of when when Zhao was there <laughs> mm-hmm. about how amazing the Fire Nation is and how they've captured the Avatar. Yeah, the and, immediate hubris of, yeah. look what I've got, look at my prize. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really funny that his scribe was just like, so do you still want me to like, Send this out. Yeah. You still after want that transcription? Knowing, <laughs> after knowing that Aang had escaped. <laughs> I got Mulan vibes from that. Too. No, 100%. Yeah. yeah. It was interesting to see that because you're like, the Fire Nation is really trying to push this thought and push this, you know, theory to literally everyone involved that we're doing the world a favor, mm-hmm. you know, by controlling the Avatar, by controlling all of this land and overseeing all of these other territories and groups of people showing that they're the most powerful. We're the most powerful. We're the, we're the smartest. We're the greatest. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I'm, yeah, we had to take over your city. You're welcome. Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what your problem is. Essentially. I suppose this is our first like official confirmation too that the fire nation's plans are to utilize Susan's comet. 
because that information previously came from Roku. That's true. That's true. And so this is like, this is really what's happening mm-hmm. straight from the horse's mouth. The Fire Nation told us Sozin Comet is coming. And we're going to take down the Bossing Earth Say. Yeah, yeah, because we already knew about their previous failure at Bossing Say with Uncle Iroh. Mm-hmm. And so with Sozin's Comet coming, they, they, they really truly think that Aang was the last possible vestige of hope mm-hmm. for anybody non-Fire Nation. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to mention the moment where, where Zhao mocks Aang's lack of age and experience and even his lack of family in the oh. moment when he captures him. So, yeah, we get further confirmation that he's a jerk bag. <laughs> um, and he does confirm what we mentioned in our last episode, too, that the goal isn't to kill the Avatar. The goal it's is to, to keep, him. keep him alive, mm-hmm. but just barely, so that he's not reborn and they don't have to search for him again. It's rough. We knew that the airbenders were no longer a thing. We already knew that they were all gone. But to kind of hear it confirmed from Zhao, it was, it was really heartbreaking. And mocked for it, too. Mocked being for the it last too. one. I know. It was super bummer. It was a big bummer. Like his little face mm-hmm. broke my heart. And also, I mean, yeah, he's 112, quote unquote, 112. He's, he's 12. Boy. And he's just barely going to keep him alive. So Fire Nation has no scruples I mean, on who yeah. or who they do not t- torture. Mm-mm. That was intense. Yep. That is all for this episode, I believe. Um, yep. Let's talk about some prediction stuff. We already talked about some of the stuff that Melanie maybe Got didn't wrong. get exactly right, but that's okay. We don't have to highlight that right now. We can talk about your thoughts for the next episode which is titled The Fortune Teller. Well, <laughs> kind of sounds like they're going to know some things. Sounds like they're... And you have to take better notes this time. I will. Because read out... Well, whole, you have to read out the notes from last time, isn't it? No, the last one was just says, hates Kataro with Aang. <laughs> so, <laughs> because you don't like them together, apparently. No, I don't. And congratulations, they weren't together this episode. Kataro was dying and Aang was off. So the fortune teller, let's go more literal. Maybe they'll find some things out that they, for the future, that they need to know in order to, for Aang to learn all of the abilities, all the elements. Okay. So you think that the fortune teller is going to like reveal some big information that's going to help Aang on his quest? Yeah. Okay. The main quest. Very roundabout way for me to have said it. Yes. (laughs) That's exactly what I'm thinking. Okay. What do you think is going to happen next with Zuko? Hmm. Zuko. Well, I think his character development is going to continue on in the in the sense of him not going to do this for revenge, but kind of capture Aang because he feels like he needs to restore his honor, like Drew was saying earlier. So maybe he'll he'll start to, I don't know, soften up a little bit more. Okay. I think he'll soften up a little bit more. I think Uncle Iroh is going to help him some more. Okay. Anything else? Hmm. I kind of like that it wasn't, it was kind of a focused on an Aang episode. I love Katara and I love Sokka, but I thought it was kind of cool that they were the background characters this time around. Yeah. But I feel like we're going to get more with all three of next episode. Mm -hmm. By the way, it just occurred to me, I really like the music in this episode. Like Mm. the music in the whole show has been really, really good. But in the scene where Aang was being chased by the Yu Yan archers. You felt that. And then the scene where Zuko... And Aang were escaping the the Fire Nation camp as well. Really great, intense like action music. Tension. And then the little bit of Uncle's Sungi horn that we got at the end is always <laughs> oh, really nice too. That was too. really cool. Well, I think with that, that's the end of the twelfth episode of Crossroads of Destiny. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on social media at 
facebook.com slash xroadspod or at xroadspod on Twitter. Please consider going over to Apple Podcasts and leaving us a rating and a review and hitting that subscribe button because it doesn't cost you anything. Email feedback and ideas if you have any to xroadspod at gmail.com. And you can always leave a voicemail, 3145-YIP-YIP. That is 314-594-7947. We'd love to get more people uh, showing up in our voicemail box. So send it our way. Melanie, where can people find you online? So they can look for me on Instagram. It's MelanieAmanda44. And I'm also on TikTok, but I do nothing on there. But (laughs) scroll and buy things, much to my husband's dismay. (laughs) That is accurate. So... (laughs) As for Andrew's social media, you know that you can always reach him through us or through the official Twitter for the podcast. Uh, the best place to find me is at Chadadada on Twitter. That is C-H-A-D-A-D-A-D-A. You can check out my other shows, the Cinescope Podcast, which is at Cinescope Pod on Twitter and thecinescopepodcast.com. And my other previous TV show podcast called An American Workplace, where we talked about every episode of the U.S. version of The Office. And you can find that on Twitter at WorkplacePod and our website, WorkplacePodcast.com. And show notes and all contact information can be found at xroadspod.com for this show. That is it, everybody. Thank you once again for listening. We will talk to you in episode 13 when we talk about book one, chapter 14, The Fortune Teller. Bye. 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 Bye.